Yes, to see what the end's gonna be. We will be talking about the end times this morning. You'll get what I'm talking about once we read our gospel passage. But I'll begin just by telling you that I read a book when I was in high school. This is going way back. And maybe some of you have read it before, because I didn't realize it won a Newbery Medal in 1985 as I was researching it. Uh, The book was called The Moves Make the Man. And it was all about basketball. That's why I read it. That's why I picked it up. And it was this really strange book. And I don't, I, I probably need to go back and reread it because a lot of the themes I think that the author was trying to bring out just didn't quite fit with me when I was in high school. I just read it for the basketball parts. But there was a character in this book. His name was Jerome. And he was very much against lying. He was always truthful to a fault. He always told people what he was actually thinking. He never lied about anything. And this affected the way he played basketball because he never wanted to be deceptive. And so this meant that he just had to use his speed and his quickness to play the game. He could never, and he never would, do any sort of crossover dribble. That's right, where you go, looks like you're going to the right, and then you quickly move to the left. Never going to do it, because to Jerome, that was a way of lying. No behind-the-back dribbles, because that was deceptive. No spin moves, because that was trying to fool someone. And again, I think there were more themes going on, but all I remember is that this just didn't make any sense to high school Nate. But I'm telling you all of this because very often in our lives, we do have to do a little bit of misdirection here and there. But that can often become a struggle for us. In our lives of faith, I think we are very often misdirected. We start to major in the minor details. We start to focus on things that, frankly, don't really matter when it comes to having a relationship with God. I want to talk to you this morning about these themes and these ideas. We're going to be looking at Luke Chapter 21, starting at verse 5. Feel free to open your Bibles. Luke chapter 21, starting at verse 5. I've titled this sermon, Focus and Misdirection. Please join me in a word of prayer. May the meditations of my heart and the words of my lips be acceptable in your sight, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Send your living word to walk amongst us now, to challenge our assumptions, to set our hearts ablaze, and to make us whole again. Amen. So open those Bibles, Luke chapter 21, starting at verse 5, and I invite you to rise as the gospel passage is read in our presence. We rise out of respect for the word of God being present among us. This is Luke chapter 21, starting at verse 5. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, Jesus said, as for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, teacher, when will this be? And what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is here, but do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. 
And then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes and in various places, famines and plagues. And there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name. But not a hair on your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. Church, this is the good news. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. So, yeah, there's a lot going on in that gospel passage. We would call this an apocalyptic text because it is concerned with the end times and the end of days. And I'm guessing that many of you made the same mistake I did when you heard that passage read, right? The first few times that I read this passage in preparation for my sermon this week, I focused all my attention on the end times part of it, right? Because it's really astonishing. It really grabs your attention and you start to think to yourself, Well, where have I heard wars and rumors of wars? Where have I seen nation rise against nation? Where have I seen great earthquakes and plagues? And you start to wonder, wait a second, wait a second, are we in the end times? This happens all the time. And I'm sure many of you, as we were hearing this part of the gospel lesson read, many of you started to think about that guy on the street corner with his bullhorn saying, the end is near. And you started to wonder, maybe he's right. But here's the thing, church, here's the thing. I think that we are guilty of maybe focusing on the wrong part of this passage, if that's what we do. And again, I'm not here to judge you. I did the same exact thing. It's a very compelling piece of words that Jesus has put together here. And it really does cause your imagination to start to run wild. But maybe, just maybe, there's something else that we need to be focusing on as we hear this gospel read for us this morning. Before we go too far down the rabbit hole of end times, I will remind you that Jesus also said elsewhere in the scriptures, we will not know the hour or the day when these events will take place. Jesus said the end will come like a thief in the night. So maybe we need to stop focusing and trying to figure out exactly when that will happen. You can see the ways that it is compelling and it is such a mystery that we want to figure out. And yet I think you can also understand how Knowing when the end times will come will, in fact, not affect or benefit your relationship with God. Whether the end comes tomorrow or in a thousand years, who you are supposed to be today does not change. The ways of Jesus do not change whenever the end time may come. But you can see how it is our focus that can get us off course once in a while. What you focus on can often have negative effects on the ways that you are living out your faith. This type of stuff happens all the time. I think we know deep down the things we should be concerning ourselves with, 
We learn it in Sunday school from a very early age. You hear me talk about it week after week. No love and show love, right? That's what our theme for 2019 is. That's very much so how the scriptures and how Jesus instructs us. Love your neighbor as yourself. Worship the God and have no other gods before him. This is what the scripture tells us, and it's very simple. And yet we get distracted again and again. Right? We start to focus on maybe earning all the awards and the recognitions. Oh, that's what a life of faith is about. It's about getting as many lapel pins as you possibly can. Getting your name on as many plaques out there as you possibly can. Having all of the awards and recognitions and newspaper articles written about you. And certainly, there's nothing wrong with getting a little recognition once in a while. But the life of faith isn't about whose name is in the paper the most. Or or, or maybe we start to focus on just trying to get all the details exactly right. This is my Bible, and I have underlined very important verses with a ruler and made no smudges anywhere else. Everything is exactly orderly. I have a set list of people that I pray for in alphabetical order each and every day, and I never miss a day. And those are all good things. But is that really what the life of faith is all about? Or maybe, maybe, maybe you know someone who's just a little too apprehensive about confrontation. And so they never take the time to actually stand up for what they believe in and what they think is right. And so they just let everyone get along all the time in an effort to not step on anyone's toes. And in so doing, they fail to redirect individuals when we're getting off topic from what it really means to be a person of faith. There are lots of ways, church, that our focus can lead us astray and that we can start to major in the minor details. And this gospel passage is actually Jesus pointing out a number of ways where we put all our attention on the wrong things. If you want to open your Bibles up and follow along, that's fine. Or if you just want to trust me that these things are actually there, that's great too. (laughs) But I want to point out for you the three specific topics that Jesus brings up. Because each of these topics is actually different things that can lead us astray and take our focus off what actually matters. The passage starts at verse 5 with some individuals talking about how great the temple is. Look at this temple. It's beautifully adorned. Isn't it wonderful? And Jesus is like, yeah, oh, sure, but, you know, it's not going to last forever. This, this building will fall down at some point. We see that all the time. The beautiful Notre Dame Cathedral burned over the summer. And thankfully, they are able to restore some of it. But it's a powerful reminder to us that even the most beautiful, even the most grand cathedrals will not last forever. And not only that, but I think Jesus' ultimate point is even the most beautiful and grand cathedrals, while they can fill us with wonder and awe about the majesty of God at work in the world, those cathedrals are not God, are they? Sometimes those beautiful buildings can just become a distraction. Something that we focus on and care about more than what Jesus is actually calling us to focus on. The first congregation that I served uh, was in Buffalo, New York, and it was a beautiful building. It was built in 1924, and little known fact, 
In the early 1900s, Buffalo, New York was one of the richest cities in the world. At the turn of the century, 1900, more millionaires per capita lived in Buffalo, New York than any other city in the country. Who knew? And so this church that I was privileged to serve at was a beautiful building with incredible stained glass windows and the high ceilings and really wonderful woodwork. You get the idea. But I could also tell you so many stories about how that congregation focused so much on its building over and above the ministry we were being called to do. We were so concerned with preserving this museum that we had on our hands that we wouldn't let anyone else use it. (laughs) No one else could come in to use the building for other things during the week, even though we were only taking care of it for one hour on a Sunday morning. I remember when I left that congregation, they presented me with with a beautiful series of pictures. I still have it in my office if you want to see it. And it was three pictures of the congregation and I shouldn't say that. It was three pictures of the church building. The church from the outside, the church from the inside, and a different angle of the church on the outside. And there wasn't a single person in any of these pictures. And I think it's very indicative of the mindset of that place at times. Certainly, we still did manage to accomplish incredible ministry during my time there. But also, we lost focus a lot. And we cared more about the building than the people who came into the building or the people who were not yet in the building. You can see how something as good as a building or a structure can take our focus astray. But now back to the passage. The next part that Jesus talks about is false prophets. Beware of the false teachers, he says, and we can see how those can also take our focus away. You meet someone who's very charming, very hospitable, someone who really gets your attention and compels you. And more often than not, you find someone, these false prophets, are, tend to be the person who's telling you exactly what you want to hear. What you know deep down probably isn't right, but it's what you want to hear. Oh, if you just pray enough, you will be rich. That sounds great. Yeah, that's what I want. Sign me up for that type of gospel. If I just pray a lot, God's going to give me everything I want. It's like a magic genie. That sounds great. But these false prophets can lead us astray. We become focused on all the good things that they're saying, and we never stop to realize that most of it is completely counter to everything we ever heard Jesus tell us. And then later on in the passage, Jesus again talks about the end times. And as we've discussed, the end times often capture our imagination. And we focus so much on trying to figure out exactly when it's going to happen that we then fail to actually follow Jesus each and every day that the end doesn't come. And I think, too, we can look at this final portion of what Jesus has to say metaphorically as well. Oftentimes in our life, events will come along that feel like the world is coming to an end. Something bad will happen. We will lose a loved one. We'll have something painful take place. We'll be persecuted for our beliefs. We'll we'll endure a personal loss. We'll have individual suffering in our body, our mind, or our soul. And it will feel like the world is coming to an end. And so often, when we find ourselves in moments like this, when things are particularly difficult and ugly, 
And that will be all that we can focus on. You've been there. You've lived through it yourselves, I'm sure. Those big heartbreaking moments that keep you up at night. Those big heartbreaking moments that are all that you can think about. And yet, isn't that obsession with what's wrong taking us away from the promises of God that never change? I want to show you a magic trick now. I know, this is a really good sermon. (laughs) And you'll see where this is going in a second. But watch me. I've been known to do a number of magic tricks in my day. Yes, a lot of practice here. Nothing up my sleeves, although how would you know? Because they're really big sleeves. But we have... A highlighter pen top. I want to make sure you could all see it. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Watch very carefully now. All right. Here it goes. You got it? Oh, where, where did it go? Where did it go? Oh, it's right here. That's okay. Now, I don't actually have any sort of magical powers. But I have gotten pretty good at the misdirection. You see, the whole point of this magic trick, the only reason it works is because I put my fist forward and I point at it. And so you're all looking over here when the actual pen top's right over here. Never moved at all. Yep, pretty simple. But this church, this is exactly how the devil works in your life. I have no magical powers. I can just misdirect you really well. The devil has no power anymore because Jesus defeated him 2,000 years ago. However, he's still pretty good at misdirecting us. You see, church, we fall prey again and again to his tricks because we start to focus so much on things that ultimately don't matter. And in the process of putting all our attention on whatever seems wrong in the world or whatever seems really, really important at the time, that we miss the fact that God's promises have never changed. Our job as Christians is to continue to believe day after day that Jesus is who he says he is. And nothing else should matter beyond that. Because if Jesus is who he says he is, then the world can end tomorrow and we'll all be okay. If Jesus says who he says he is, then he is with you when you are suffering and hurt and alone. Church, the devil has no power anymore other than to misdirect you. And unfortunately, it seems that that still has its claws within us. We come to church and we spend all our time talking about, what, did you see what she wore last week? (laughs) Or we get on the phone and we say, oh, did you hear what he said, what she said, what they said about that one thing? Or we focus all our attention on trying to make the church the way it was in 1999. Or we focus all our attention on trying to make the church like the successful one down the street. Our job as Christians is to focus on Jesus. And who Jesus is calling us to be. And as a church, our job is to focus on Jesus and who he is calling this congregation to be. Stop telling yourself that this particular moment is the end of the world. Because it's not. 
Stop getting misdirected by your worries and your doubts and your own ego. Start focusing on Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus again. And listen to what he has to say. Because he will not lead you astray. And his promises are true yesterday, today, and forever. That's our calling, church. That's what we need to focus on. And anything, anything else is just some sort of cheap magic trick from the devil. Even if the world were to end tomorrow, the promises of Jesus would still be true for you and for this church. And that is why we say thanks be to God. Because we know that the future is in his hands. Amen.